Let's stand for the reading of the word. I know a little bit of up and down, a little bit of calisthenics, Christian calisthenics as they call them. But we'll uh, go to Mark chapter 10 today. This is my assignment. If you want to read 17 through 31, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 31, maybe later today while you're having some tea or some crumpets um, with your pinky up and your Bible open, you may do so. But we're going to hit the high points here, and I believe God is going to talk to us. Verse 17 says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, God, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? He questioned not his intentions, but he questioned his revelation of who Jesus was. Because then he says, There is none good but one, that is God. He's saying, Are you coming to me and calling me good because you know I'm God in flesh? Or are you, be, are you just coming with to butter me up. And then thou knowest the commandment, the camp commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother, even while they're alive, amen? Even if they didn't treat you the best growing up, you can still honor them, amen? And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth, and Jesus beholding him, look at these two words, put a parenthesis around him if you want to in your Bible, if you write in your Bible. I do a lot of that. It says, and Jesus beholding him, everyone say it, loved him. Loved him. And then he says, and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. One large misconception in churches all over this planet is that if you feel the love of God, you do not lack anything. And the truth of the matter is Jesus requires us to obey his word even when we feel loved by him. Everyone is a child of God. Amen? We are all loved by Jesus Christ. But the truth of the matter is we have to abide in him. We have to get into what he did on the cross. Amen? And apply it to our life. So even though Jesus loves you and you feel his love, there can be moments like this where we have things we have to address in our life. And verse 22, and he said, and he was sad saying, sorry, and he was sad at the saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto the disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and saith unto him, Children, how hard is it for them that trust, everyone say trust, in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. That seems very negative, but I want to help you with that today. I pray that the Lord gives me the words to say to encourage us in our faith. As I talk about being all in, all in, amen. Last week we talked about taking the leap of faith, backing up and taking a run at it, and taking the jump into 2021, and this week we're going to talk about being all in. Lord, we thank you for your word, the hearing of it, the presence of God we've already felt in this place, the comfort of your spirit, for it is a comforter. We ask that your word be established in this place. 
and that we would be forever changed by it. Sow it, plant it deep in our hearts, and let us live it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. Amen. Just one quick announcement. We are seeing um, some crumbs and some food crackers and things like that that are exiting the nursery and getting all over the building. And um, our cleaning crew has come to me and said, let's, let's be more careful to keep the food in certain places. We do have that as our standard here. If, if you have children that are having snacks, please be more careful. We're having food show up all over the building. So please keep that in mind. Um, we, we, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. Amen. And it is not a good representation to have someone walk up on some crackers ground into the floor when we're trying to clean the whole place. Amen. Is that all right? Can I take a pastor moment? Yeah, I love you all. There was a man who was passing away, and he asked his son to come to his bedside, and he gave his son an, a very old watch, and he said, this watch was given to me by my great-grandfather. It's over 200 years old, and before I give it to you, I want you to take the watch, and I want you to go to the local watch store and see how much you can, you can get for it. And so he said, son, take it to the watchmaker in town here. And so he did that, and he came back, and he reported. He said, Dad, I took it to the watchmaker. He said, it's so old that he would only give me $5 for it. And he said, okay, that's... Good. Now, I want you to take it over to the coffee shop. The coffee owner of the coffee shop, he likes timepieces, and he's going to have them different timepieces in some of the, his windows and decorations. I want you to take it over there and see what he'll give you for the watch. And so he took it to the, the coffee shop owner, and he said, I have this old watch. I wondered if you'd like to buy it. And the, and the man said, you know what? I'll give you $15 for that watch, over 200 years old. And so he went back, and he told his father, who was ailing, he said, the coffee shop owner said he'd give me $15 for this very old watch. He said, now I want you to take it over to the museum and show them the watch and ask them, what is it worth or what would you give me for it? And so he took it to the museum, and when he came back to his father, he said, they offered me a million dollars for this piece. He said, it was a very rare Timex piece, and they offered him a million dollars for it, even though it needed to be refurbished in some area. And when the son came back and said that, the father said, I wanted you to know that the right place will value you the right way. And if you go looking for value in the wrong places, you will not find it. And Jesus died for us on the cross because he was all in for you. He came, he died, he rose again. And I'm emotional about it because I don't know that any, any of us deserved it. Amen. We did not deserve for him to give his life the way he did. He died as a crooked criminal, and he was not. He was the perfect lamb of God. He was the one sent to pay all debt, and debt was paid at that cross, brothers and sisters. We, we, we find the greatest moment of, of inserted value into our lives at the cross of Jesus Christ, that he said, I would rather die than live without you. You know that statement, but literally, if you go to other places, if you go, if you go to social media and try to find your value, if you go to, to family members, sometimes and try to find your value. Yeah, they may say, I'll give you $5. I'll give you $15. You're worth this or you're worth this much. But if you go to Jesus Christ, he said, I would pay a million upon a million dollars for you. I'll trade the rest of my life and die young on a cross just so that you can have new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
I get excited about the story of the value of the cross, and I want you to know because he was all in for you, you should be all in for him. Amen, somebody? Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that. And so the commonality between the stories of the scripture and the way that we, we process scripture and put it into our life, we have to understand that everything that Jesus said, he's looking to enhance us. He's looking to help us. He's looking to give us greater understanding of our worth. And here in the story of the rich young ruler, you see that he has everything. He has the cars and the houses and the stuff. And he says, Jesus, is there is there something I can do to gain eternal life? And Jesus says, you've done, you've kept the law. As long as you've kept the law, that's good because they were living under the law at the time Jesus had not passed away and we're not in the new dispensation of grace. And so then he's keeping the law and he says, all these things I've done from my youth. I've, I've, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't killed anybody. I do not steal. I, I don't bear false witness. I don't defraud, which means to say you'll do it and then not do it. And I, I, don't, I don't do any of those things. And he's like, and I love you for that. I love you that you keep the law. But there's one problem with the rich young ruler. is not that he had stuff. And some people will misguidingly use Scripture the wrong way and say that it's wrong to have stuff in your life. It's wrong to have possessions and nice cars and nice houses and things like that. That is not what this Scripture is addressing. This Scripture is addressing that he trusted in his riches. Not that he had riches, but that he trusted in his riches. I believe this house should be be a house full of employers, not just employees. I believe this house should be full of people that come to church every day that are the church every day, amen, and that know how to walk with God every single day, but in that, they are blessed, and they're not ashamed of their blessings. I'm not a prosperity preacher. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you come to Jesus Christ, and suddenly you get a bigger house and a longer car. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you come to the Lord, if God calls for you, to sell your more expensive car to give money to missions and drive something less then you sell your more expensive car and obey the word of the Lord. Amen? I, I'm saying if God calls you to downsize, because I was talking about it last week, if God calls you to downsize your house so that you can go on a mission trip and put some wells in where there's no clean water, then you go and do the word of the Lord. Amen? You sell your house, use the equity, travel, or give that to a ministry. If God calls you to do it, it should be done. Amen? That is not what the scripture is talking about. It's not talking about what you have. It's talking about where you put your trust in what you have. Your trust has to be in Jesus Christ. And so what I'm talking to you today, what I'm trying to preach today is you're all in him. All your trust is in Jesus Christ. All of your faith is placed in him and not in what we have or what we drive or what we do. Like halfway through the song service, we lost the bass drum pedal on the drum and we just like, what do we do? I don't know. We just make do. This is Here we are. And we're not worried about that. Why? Because we're not trusting in whether we have a bass drum pedal to worship the Lord. We're not trusting in whether the keyboard works perfect to, to trust the Lord. I know growing up in church, people that couldn't keep a tune in the bucket. They didn't even have a bucket. They didn't even have a tune. 
<laughs> they just literally just started singing out. But the thing is, when you sing old hymns like that from the heart, it didn't matter how good they sounded. It mattered that it was coming from a heart that was sold out to God. And they were all in, and it didn't sound so good. And you may have to move a few pews if you're very tonally adept. But guess what? You let them sing off key, and you move over to the other side of church, and you sing on key. Maybe everybody on this side sings on key. Everybody sings on off key over here. Maybe we'll migrate some folks. But I don't know how that works for you, but it doesn't matter to me whether someone is playing absolutely perfect in church or, or they, and I know we broadcast this. I know it sounds good when it gets out there, and I know that messes things up, and some people are very critical about how things are done and, and who's speaking and how well they carry themselves. And this isn't about stage presence, brothers and sisters. This isn't about production or where we go. We put it out there so that people can see Christ Jesus and feel Christ Jesus and hear the gospel. That's why it's going out. And if it's coming through in perfect flesh, there's going to be moments where somebody trips, messes up, and doesn't do it right. But that doesn't change anything if we're all in. In, if we are all about the Lord, if we're all about this risen Savior, it changes the entire progress of what we're doing. We can stand up here, put poorly sentenced words together, and still have a move of God's Spirit because it's not about the vessel. It's about the man who died on Calvary. It's about the gospel that can truly change a life. And it is more important that today Jesus is magnified than anything else in this house, that Jesus is lifted up because we love him, because he loves us, and because we're all in. We'll stop a service to address a child that needs something. We'll do something to pray for somebody when they need it, even if it's awkward and out of sync. Why? Because Jesus died for their healing. Jesus said, let the children come to me. We will do whatever it takes to open up an opportunity for somebody to fall in love with Jesus, the one who gave all for them. And so we have biblical principles that show up in the house of God. We have common we have to have, number one, common biblical purpose, to preach the gospel with your life. Amen? Live biblically authentic lives to show the gospel and God's power working through us. That's what it means to live the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also what Jesus came to do. That in this house, if you're going to be all in, you have to understand that being all in also comes with a second and a third dedication, which is you're going to be dedicated to wisdom from the word of God. You have to grow while you're here, amen? And so you have to be dedicated to the wisdom of God, and that wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit and the word of God, amen? All right, and then number two, you have to be dedicated to maturity, and that comes through the trials and the efforts that, and, and the difficulties that come through your life. When life happens, God wants to do something with it. Amen? And so you have to be dedicated to maturity if you're going to be all in from trials and properly applied word to build faith for the challenges properly. Everybody say properly. Applied word of God 
Yes, it's very important that we not misappropriate because sometimes when we were younger, you know this, you took scriptures and you tried to use them, you put them on the gym wall to lift things more, you know what I'm talking about? I can do all things through Christ and you're not really applying that scripture properly. But we have to properly apply the word to build faith for the challenges that lie before us and expect, everybody say expect, It's part of spiritual maturity. Expect results because you have invested in the relationship with God over time. That you have been all in long enough that you understand that God's currency is faith, not need. You have needs. Yes, you do. But until you apply your faith to it, it doesn't necessarily move heaven. But when you say, God, I have a need, would you move on my behalf? That puts faith with it and builds your maturity to expect results from heaven. Amen, somebody. Is this all right? Number three, when you're all in. Number three, you have to look. Obviously, you have to be dedicated to wisdom and maturity. And then number three, you have to be dedicated to authority. You have to understand that from consecration and wisdom and from maturity comes an understanding of who you are and whose you are. And you will not settle for things that call your value less. You will not take yourself to places where they undervalue you or you will not live with curses or demonic presence in your life in any way if you know whose you are and how much he paid to set you free. You will not live bound, amen? I'm talking that that authority gives you the power to say, no, not my kids. No, not my life. No, not my earnings. No, not my job. No, not my family. You get your hands off everything in my life. The enemy of our soul does attack in very stealthful ways, and he comes in sometimes even in ways that we don't always recognize, but when we have wisdom from the Word and from the Holy Ghost, and when we have been all in long enough that we have matured our spirituality. We start to trigger on when we see things happening and we don't have to wait till the train wreck. We don't have to wait until the dumpster fire for us to recognize something has gone wrong in the spiritual life of my life or my family's life. We will start to have our antenna up and we will take authority early and we will start handling it when it's small, amen? Sometimes you need to take care of the gators when they're babies. I had a friend that lived in Florida, and he would go out the back, and he would scrape his leftovers on his plate out over the balcony, and he would feed this little gator that was living by the pond that he was up against, and he fed the gator every night, little leftovers. Gator got bigger. Feed the gator. It was cute at first. Everybody came out on the balcony and, oh, look. He's so cute. Cute little gator. Well, gators don't stay small. This thing started growing and growing. Pretty soon they had a 10-foot-long alligator sitting out there. And through this process, he was going, I probably should stop this. And one night he went out and he's like, I think I better quit feeding this thing because it's getting too big. And as he was scraping, the alligator wasn't looking at the food. He was looking at him. There's some things that start small, and we don't realize that we're feeding them. 
until they get so big that they become dangerous to our overall spirituality. And when you're all in walking with Jesus Christ, you can pick out the little gators before they get so big you cannot handle the problem, before they get to a point where you say, I can't go on with this anymore. God will help you identify the small things. Jesus even shows us as the Son of God that he, as flesh, as the Son of God, not as God in flesh, but as the Son of God, that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor. You know God cannot grow. God cannot become more wise. God cannot become more favored. So this is talking about Jesus as a boy, amen, that he's growing in the wisdom and the stature and the favor. That's what we have to do is grow in wisdom and maturity and the favor of God, the authority of God, amen? And then two, we have to have common biblical principles, if we're going to be all in, we have to have the understanding that we need to honor people. Some people never get what God wants for them because they have such a poor spirit about what others got. Hello, somebody. Can I walk in this area without stepping on too many tulips? Sometimes people get blessed, and you, if you don't learn how to celebrate with that, it will block up what God wants to do in your life. Does somebody have, a, have an understanding that whenever someone gets a blessing and God removes $200,000 of medical bills by his grace and his kindness on them, and you get a bad spirit, well, well, God never did that for me. The reason why God hasn't done that for you is because you have the wrong spirit about it. And if you can learn to honor God in other people's blessings, God will pour out those blessings on your life. He sure will. He'll unload some things on you that are just absolutely the work and hand of God. And you have no other way of saying it. You didn't have the qualifications when you got the job. You didn't know if you could keep the job. But God always kept you one step ahead of where you needed to be. He always whispered to you, work on that. Take care of that. Check that. Before things broke down. You got to it before it happened. Why? Because that's the blessings of the Lord. And if you learn to honor people's blessings, if you learn to celebrate with other people's advancement in their life, God will give you advancement. Amen? Honor those that need honor. So the one thing that you have to do to be all in is you have to learn how to honor people and honor God's blessings in their life. Romans 13 7 says, render therefore to all their dues Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear or respect, and honor to whom honor, win souls and obey the word of the Lord and be honorable to others. Honor them. I just want to say thank you to every one of our team leaders, everyone that's running a life group, everyone that's starting a new life group, thank you for being faithful. Brother Reese, you preached powerfully and taught so well in spirit life this morning. Thank you. I give honor to whom honor is due. Amen. Seth and Nate back there running this so that it can get out on the, on the web. And I don't even know how you guys do that necessarily, but I want to thank you. I give honor to whom honors due. Who could be saved through this broadcast today? 
Who could be forever changed by if, if we would just honor? Do you see how that made your heart smile when I started honoring people in this room? Same thing happens to God. He smiles down on you when you start honoring people, when you say thank you, when you should say thank you, and you appreciate people for what they've done for you, and you don't go, well, it'd be nice if God would do for me what he does for them. It will come to your life, and it will be perfect for you. You don't need what God's given to somebody else. You need what God wants to give to you. Amen? And when you honor other people, you do not miss the blessings of the Lord that are specifically designed for your life that do not bring burden with them. For his blessings are without great burden. Is that okay? And we also need to know that when we're all in, we need to give grace to others. Because we deserve no grace ourselves, amen? Giving God's love and unmerited favor to others is something we learn to do. Don't beat people up with your Bible, brothers and sisters. How many times have I seen people that just take out scriptures and randomly slice and dice others when they themselves need to listen to the, own, the only saving word themselves, when they need to take that scripture and apply it to the place that they're being hypocritical right now, doing that to somebody else, amen? How many times have I seen it? We need to be kind. We just simply need to have the kindness of the love of God in our life. And take on his characteristics. How many times have I gone through church services? I've, you know, being third generation as I am in church, I grew up around altars. I, I, gave, I gave everything to the Lord. I, I was all in when my mom was playing the piano and, and she was running aisles and there was so much going on that you couldn't even hear yourself think in a church service and I was praying and God filled me with the Holy Spirit and I'm so thankful that God did that but it wasn't just that. It was that I kept on living my life in his presence and giving my life back to him over and over again. I'm sorry if that is the way that I grew up but I think that's the way that we should all grow up in Christ Jesus is just constantly return ourselves and surrender to him. That Christ died for me knowing I might not ever want him, but he gave his love and his all anyways, and I live for that. I repent of my sins and get filled with his presence so that I can give grace to others because I didn't deserve it. I've had so many, you know, it comes up every once in a while because pastors are sometimes conflicted because we need to preach the word of God, but we also want to encourage you in faith and get you excited about the word of God. And I've gone through so many church services where people left and be like, oh my goodness, did pastor preach this Sunday? Like, what are you preaching about? I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> I have no idea. It was amazing. That doesn't help anybody. That's, that's just you getting a hit on a Sunday. You know, That's just you being a Jesus junkie. That's really all it is. I'm sorry to use that reference if you have that kind of thing in your family because I know it's very destructive. But literally, there's a lot of people coming in on Sunday going, hit me up, I need my Jesus fix. But their lives are not changed by the word. And this gentleman here had done everything right. He had come in and he had done it all right. And Jesus said, but you're lacking in one area. You trust in your riches. You have to give up everything to the Lord. And so the success that we find in the kingdom of God 
is not whether you have big buildings and amazing ministries, but the success we find is being obedient to the word of God. The greatest success we'll have at this church is people that are walking and living out the word. Amen? That's what I look for. When I, when I come to your life or when I come to visit you, I'm not critiquing where you live or who you are or how good you, you're doing in, in other areas of success in life. I'm wondering, is the word living in you? And are you obeying it? First Kings 2 and 3, you see this powerful verse about success. And I'm wrapping up. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways. Everyone say, walk in his ways. And keep his decrees or his commandments and commandments. His laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses. This is written to the people of Israel, but you have to understand that here is the universal statement. So that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. The success in the scripture is talking about prospering you. And then Proverbs 6 and 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. The third common thing we have to have as being all in is we have to have a common vision. And I talked about vision yes, last week and being unified and having multiplication this year that I really feel like God gave me those two words, unification and multiplication, that we may have to go to multiple services because we're going to grow so much. And that's understandable. We're going to need to move this year into a place where the word is the most important thing that we do. Amen? And I know it's been that, but because of my work schedule and being bivocational, I feel like this has kind of been like, you know, I'm batting on Sundays. I'm up to the plate on Sundays. And I want this church to be more than just a Sunday morning church. Amen? I want us to have ministry going on all week here at this building. And the way that you do that is you have to put yourself into the proper vision. And in order to do that, we need unity. Amen? 2020 taught us that we are the church no matter where we are because we had to be. But I believe that 2021 is going to teach us the power of unity as we focus on that. And what does unity mean? You and I, T-Y. When you and I get together, there's a thankful spirit that shows up. And Psalms 133 says this in the King James. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Everybody say, you and I, T-Y. Very good. You did great. It's like the precious ointment upon the head. Look at what it talks about in Scripture. He says, unity is like an anointing. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. Whenever the high priests were anointed, they would anoint them with oil and it would run all down their garments. He said, unity starts at the top and it runs down like the oil on the head of Aaron and then flowed to Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew of the des that descended upon the mount of Zion, where Jesus, obviously where Jerusalem is. For the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. What would happen if we were all in? What would happen 
if we were so unified in this place with our worship, so unified in our message of the gospel, so unified in the way that we thought that God just wants to win even those that, doesn't, that do not seem like they could be saved. God can save to the uttermost. Amen. What if we were so convinced that God could do it, that we became in unity, and where unity is, God commands the blessing. He commands it. It has to listen to the word of the Lord. And if we get in unity together and we say, look, if you need something, we'll help provide it. If you, got, if you have needs in your family, we'll help you pray. If we can get in unity like that, the blessing of God will fall. Amen? Because he'll command the blessing in that environment, even life forevermore. Would you stand with me today? You can't trust in your riches. But look at what it says when you're not trusting in riches, but you're trusting in the Lord. Verse 30. Let's go back up to verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, because they were asking, the disciples were asking, how can anyone get into heaven if rich men can? The ones with the calendars, the ones with the great business acumen, all of those, if they're not going to make it into heaven, then who can make it in? And Jesus said in verse 29, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel. He said, if you're all in, I take note of that. But he shall receive a hundredfold when in heaven? Now. He shall receive a hundredfold now and in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life. He said there's going to be things that come to your life that are going to replace the things you lost if you are all in. Whatever God asks you to lay down, he's going to replace it. Amen? That's what I wanted to tell you today that I feel like the Lord is saying that, that whoever is last in this place shall be first. And whoever is first shall be last. And so if we make ourselves of no reputation, but we come to the Lord and say, God, I didn't deserve this, but I'm all in. Whatever you want to do with my life, I'm all in. Wherever you want to take me, I'm all in. However you want to use me to reach others, I'm all in. I will show honor. I will show grace. I will have the success of the Lord be the word of the Lord that I obey in my life. And so today when you go home, maybe you want to read over that passage again. And just let the Lord just bathe you in the understanding that even though we can get it all right, if we don't have an understanding of who he is and how important it is to walk with God and to have him be our success, then maybe there's something that the Lord would want to speak to your heart this year. He says, why don't we take that out? And if he asks for it, he returns blessings where it was taken. Amen? If he ever asks for you to, to give something up, he puts back something that's resurrected in its place. Amen? He never leaves Jesus in the tomb. He never leaves you in a state of loss. He'll always resurrect something in your life. He'll always put something back that's better than what was taken out. So I pray today that we have the ability, Lord Jesus, as we come to you, there's somebody in this room that needs to hear that no matter the loss, there's great cost in walking with you sometimes. But you always repay 
you always repay. And so you said in your word that you would repay a hundredfold now and in the life to come, eternal life. So I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that whatever is needing to be laid down for somebody to be all in today, that they make that commitment in this room. Would you put something in your mind? Maybe you just need to take a new step of faith. Maybe you need to reach out to somebody who you haven't talked to. Maybe you need to repair a broken down relationship. I'm praying right now that you have the strength to do that and that God helps you do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you help us sing? You're welcome to go anytime you want. The altar's open for those that want to pray. But let your life be all in today. Let 2021 be characterized by a dedication to God like never before. Would you find a place to pray if you'd like to do that? We're so glad you're here today. But it's not just about coming to a building. It's about being the church. Come on, let your life worship him right now. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. 